Hey everybody, welcome back to your favorite Gundam podcast. This is Colony Drop, and my name is Isaac. And my name is Brian, and this is a podcast where we talk about anything and everything related to the Mobile Suit Gundam franchise. From the anime, to the movies, to the music, to the models, to the food, to the clothes, to the merchandise, to the news, Isaac. That's absolutely right. Speaking of merchandise and news, today is a very special news update. Right, Brian? That's right. We, uh, we, we don't usually talk about news too much, Isaac. We usually record these things a few weeks in advance. But this last week and yesterday, some good news dropped that I think is really worthwhile, and I think we need to talk about it. I mean, we definitely do. This is essentially a, fu- a Gundam first, right? To my knowledge. Well, do you count G-Savior, Isaac? <laughs> uh, I don't know what that is. I don't know what you speak of. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, you're, you're speaking Swahili. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand the words coming out of your mouth. <laughs> um, that's right. So our first item to talk about is a new series called Gundam Build Real was announced. And it's nice. a live action series. Uh, the first ever if, in Isaac's mind since he has forgotten G-Savior. What's that? That which must not be named. <laughs> the Voldemort of Gundam. <laughs> Do you think there's like a G Savior mark that the fans of G Savior have like tattooed on their body? There can't be fans of G Savior though. There can't <laughs> be. That's like an oxymoron, you know? That's like <laughs> I don't know. That's like describing like a a square circle. It it can't possibly exist. <laughs> we can create the words, but the but the actual <laughs> thing does not exist. <laughs> We did have one listener who who wrote in that he said that he really liked G Savior. I forget his or her name. You know moment, what? But I've I've done some sleuthing and it had to be he, he was just trolling us. He or she was just pulling our leg, winding us up. There's no way. It was joking around. It was a joke from a jokester. That's the only explanation. Do you think the G Savior fans are the same fans of the Dual Gundam and of Quest Pariah? <laughs> Probably. And like, yeah, they, they have to be. You know, it's just wall-to-wall G-Savior. They have, like, their G-Savior forums where they talk about G-Savior theories. They only build G-Savior mobile suits. (laughs) They follow the G-Savior actors on, like, their their social media. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, no, I'll be nice. I'll I'll be nice. You know, the (laughs) G-Savior actors, they actually gave gave it their all. Yeah, you're just limited by, like, I guess the story, the animation, and just overall. It not being Gundam enough, good enough. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> there's a new live-action show called Gundam Build Real. It's a live-action series. It's being released in conjunction or part of what's called the Gunpla Link Project, which celebrates the 40th anniversary of Gunpla with sort of special kit releases. You know, there's like there's been some metal ones and different you know things with different decos, uh, kind of all the special edition Gunpla that you'd expect. The summary that I read online is that it will tell the story of Team Bright, which is a, a bunch of high school friends who go through gunpla battles. They have a pilot whose name is Hero. Oh boy, right on the nose right away, Isaac. Right. We have uh, the builder whose name is Takumi. We have the programmer whose name is Kentaro, and the communicator whose name is Taichi. And apparently they use, or at least they have used in the past, a real grade RX-78. Uh, which they've named uh, Nanahachi, or 7-8. And apparently their real-grade RX-78 has, like, an enhanced bazooka. So it's like an ace up its sleeve, I guess. 
Yeah. Apparently they have a, a fifth member who built the weapon. So that, that'd be oh. kind of cool if like, you know, one guy just builds the weapons. That's actually like a pretty good plot point, I think. That's pretty interesting. I actually, I, like just, I mean, we understand the weapon guy, but what would the other positions do though? Okay. I know the builder would obviously build the mobile suit, but the programmer and the communicator, I'm a bit interested in what exactly the programmer's programming and what the communicator would be communicating. I mean, is the communicator like, I don't know, like a spotter almost? Like while the pilot's actually in the mobile suit, like the communicator would maybe have like a a more sort of map view of the whole situation? Could be, yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe we should talk about what apparently how the battles go down in this show. Do it. So the description says that the teams initiate gunpla battles by scanning their gunpla and then having drones project the gunplas in like life size. And then the the team controls the projections by wearing these goggles. Yeah. So basically think like you're controlling drone projections with goggles. So as far as what would the communicator do, when I read it, I was thinking like uh, Mikhail from 8th MS team. Oh. Something like that. Huh. Interesting. But that would make sense with more pilots. If you only have one pilot, I don't really know what he's going to tell him. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's like, oh, okay, maybe yeah. okay, maybe it's essentially like the coach in the corner of like a boxing match, almost like you can yell, yeah. you can yell things to the boxer that maybe he's not noticing or he's forgetting, like you know, yeah, you, ha- right. you haven't used like you know your, I don't know your your knee missiles or something like that, right? You know, <laughs> use your knee missiles or you know, watch out. I think he's like charging up now that the moon's visible or something. If he's firing like I don't know a Gundam X or something like that, right? Or right. maybe yeah. the communicator can relay stuff that other team members are saying. You know, like maybe the uh, the weapons experts like saying you only have one shot left, and you know the something or whatever, or or hey, I think the uh, the targeting's off, or I don't know something. The communicator can relay that. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. So Hero is the pilot. Uh, we've got the builder. That's self-explanatory. The com- the programmer, though, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. Wouldn't they all be using standard equipment? Like, are you responsible for programming your own goggles? Well, let's think about what we actually saw in the very brief trailer. Like, for all our, our listeners, if you're listening right now, I think this was a 15-second trailer. <laughs> um, yeah, there's not much to go on. Yeah, I'm not kidding. And, like, there was also a title. <laughs> so... <laughs> It shows us, I wouldn't say next to nothing, but very little. We see, like, you know, Japanese teenagers, high school students. And this is all live action, by the way. We see, like, two frames of them building a mobile suit, right? Like, they show, like, the the -hmm. actual parts. Um, We see two of them put on the the goggles. And, by the way, these goggles look a lot like those virtual reality goggles that people use nowadays. You know, like, um, Samsung sells some, and there's... Oculus, those, yeah, those yeah, kinds like of Oculus, yeah, yeah, those kinds of kind of heads up, kind of bl- blocky, almost uh, visor type goggles. Um, these aren't like you know very small advanced goggles or anything like that. But anyways, they put them on and then end credits. <laughs> that was that was the <laughs> end of this little fifteen second trailer. They didn't even show us like if we're gonna be viewing a hologram of the the mobile suits fighting or if they're gonna put on like the goggles and then it switches to animation or cgi who knows but yeah that was it so maybe the programmer does deal a lot with the actual computer they're playing or maybe it's like you bring your own computer to each fight and that's kind of i don't know determines your lag or (laughs) anything like that yeah or maybe he programs like the moves of the gundam somehow like maybe you can 
you know, maybe, maybe that's how you gain an advantage. You, you program your Gundam to move better than another one or something. Interesting. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's interesting. So, like, they had the goggles on, but they're playing with a controller, some type of some type of controller, yeah. too, right? So, maybe yeah. the programmer's like, okay, here are the moves I put into the system for you. Interesting. Lots of questions. <laughs> yeah. But our questions will be answered very soon, Isaac. Because... This show premieres on March 29th, which is this coming Monday. Yikes. So I guess we'll find out. But the same day that you listen to this episode, if you listen to it on the first day, the show's already going to be on the air. So hopefully someone subs it, or I don't know if they're going to release it on YouTube or or whatever with subtitles. I actually didn't... Did you see that anywhere in the announcement, Isaac, where this thing is airing? Is it airing on TV or is it on YouTube or... No, I would... I don't actually know. I would assume since this is about a high school, (laughs) Japanese high school... It will be aired in Japan, where almost all Gundam content is exclusively aired originally. So we won't find out about it. If we're lucky, we'll find some early snippets on YouTube. But this will not be showing up on March 29th on Netflix or Hulu or anything like that. <laughs> so don't be optimistic, but don't be overly optimistic. I got to be honest, when I first saw this uh, in my news feed and I read live action gun plus show my heart skipped a beat because i thought they were finally revealing more about the live action film uh-huh. and my immediate thought was that the f- live action film was going to be about Gunpla, and i was shocked but then it turned out to be this series and i, and I felt a sigh of relief <laughs> come over me good <laughs> i mean yeah yeah what would the show about Gunpla be though oh no that's too much conjecture <laughs> we we have no idea yeah uh, but this, I mean, if I was a fan in Japan, I would think I'd watch it. I'd program my TV or whatever or, you know, whatever streaming services they have over there. And I would think I'd be interested in at least seeing, you know, how the first few episodes go. Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. We're going to watch it for sure. Yeah. I don't know how we're going to watch it, but we're going to watch it. Where there's a will, there's a way. Maybe we'll, f- <laughs> we'll find allies on a, like a Japanese forum or something. <laughs> so, Isaac, what are your hopes for this show? First, I hope it's successful because Gundam success is kind of a win for all Gundam fans, um, even if you're not too big a fan of a series, because that means more Gundam's going to be coming. But I'd hope that it becomes something that's, I guess, successful as a live action on its own. And by that, I mean we can see maybe more content that's live action. For all I know, this is training reels for more live action movies or things of that nature they want to see how this sort of bridge type content will work where it's yeah it's kind of the real world and they're high school students but it kind of bridges over into you know actual gundams fighting actual science fiction so that's what i'm hoping for how about yourself yeah i agree i think i hope it's successful and i hope it's like a fun show i I got the sense that it's not going to take itself too seriously i hope it doesn't this might sound dumb, but I hope it doesn't, like, embarrass itself. <laughs> I think that goes along with being successful, right? But I hope it doesn't just, like, totally crash and burn. Yeah. Um, I hope there's at least part of the fandom that really enjoys this show so that, like you said, maybe we get something more like this in the in the future. I mean, it sounds pretty interesting in that it's going to be very Gunpla-based. It's not going to be Build Fighters Try, but it looks like it's going to be relatable for, for very much for modeling type fans so they'll be able to look at this enjoy it and be like yeah i'd I'd build it like that or oh interesting you know he used that weapon and all right let's see how the actual battle plays out 
I mean, I really wish the trailer showed us a lot more. I, it was almost, yeah, it definitely was too sparse. They really should have showed us combat and, you know, what the actual view was inside these goggles. But, like, maybe they're waiting for the big reveal. I kind of had the same thought, but then I realized that it's it's coming out so soon. Maybe they thought there was no reason to have a, a full trailer. Because, I mean, we're just going to find out in two days. So I guess. <laughs> it was so brief. And I could only find one article about this on that uh, website, Hype Beast, uh-huh. for the first like day or two, to where I, I wasn't actually sure that it was real. <laughs> you thought it was old fan made. I mean, it could. It, it looks a little fan made, maybe. I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was a little worried. Like, I didn't want to like you know, not that people are depending on us for their news, but I didn't want to like tweet about it and then it and then have it be fake, or, or someone's like you know school project or something but now now it's on all the normal news sources so it is real it's coming out should be fun but i do have a question for you isaac oh a sort of a uh, existential question about this show Whoa. okay <laughs> it's sort of a two-part question if this show is successful would you want more of this sort of meta show where like it's a gundam show about gundam right because it, it involves gunpla right and if you if you just stick to the gunpla things, the main ones at least, this will now be the fifth like gunpla related show, right? You had Gundam uh, Build Fighters, Build Fighters Try, Build Divers, and and Build Divers Re Rise. This is now a fifth gunpla based show. Are those shows taking up too much space from a real series, or do we want more of these meta self referential shows? How do we feel about that? I wouldn't say it's taking up space, but if I really enjoy it, then I'm going to want to see more. If I don't, then I'm going to say, okay, pump the brakes. Why are we putting our budget here? Shouldn't Sunrise focus on, like, if they're going to do a live action, then why don't we do, like, a UC live action thing or something like that, something we all want to see? You know, why, oh, why, why waste your time with something that's so almost niche? But I really have to see it to make a final judgment if it's the start of like a lot of gunpla type shows where it's almost like you know the action figure buy this now <laughs> order this one so you can play <laughs> with it too type uh type shows yeah I, I i might be a little bit hesitant to support it i guess you know i wouldn't be too happy yeah. to see more of it then at that case but hopefully that's not what happens okay so yeah, I'd, I'd put you in the camp where it's it's project independent right if it's good it's good if it's bad it's bad yeah what are your thoughts I definitely want them to try new things, right? You don't you don't just want them to always put out another 50 episode show about a yeah. Gundam in a ship that travels around, there right? You you, you want them to mix it up yeah. always. But then you know, I, I do worry that like for example, you know, Build Divers and Re-Rise I think have come out since Iron-Blooded Orphans and we haven't had a full Gundam show other than those since then. And it you know it doesn't sound like ones on on the horizon. Mm-hmm. So at, at some point, I would like them to pivot back to like a, a another longer running show as well. Um, so I do think there's a danger there, but I don't I don't think we're reaching that that level yet. It just this is an interesting thing. Like I guess I'm just asking, how much is too much of your own? It's kind of like Disney making movies about its rides. Mm-hmm. You know, like how how much is too much of, of buy into yourself? Right. I mean, it's uncharted territory too. You know, we're not sure if other fans that maybe aren't teenagers or something will want to actually see the show or enjoy it. Maybe it'll be too much of a out of the ballpark, I guess, for them. You know, not really people's wheelhouse. But I hope that 
the Gundam combat and footage is great. I don't know how much of this show will be devoted to watching people put together a model. I'm not sure that's something that a lot of fans will appreciate, especially ones that don't enjoy Gundam for the models. <laughs> what if it was just a high schooler's live stream of them putting together a, a real grade R70? I, I think like people might well, would definitely skip to like the finished product and be like, oh, okay, that's what it looks like. <laughs> I mean, you could you should essentially do like a fast forward like GIF you know like it, it should essentially be like a, yeah. a recipe gif you know where they show like the ingredients yeah. and then it's slowly forming and then at the end you're like oh okay of <laughs> course that's how like you know the double fudge brown the double fudge brownies look <laughs> so <laughs> in that case i think it would be the same for you know gundam there's a time limit for how much we can watch somebody using an exacto knife and like <laughs> you know taking out pieces of plastic <laughs> you know meticulously putting them together and then uh, you know a lot of people will tune out yeah yeah agree okay well all in i'm, I'm pretty excited for this thing because it's new it's airing very soon and it's something they've never really tried before so I, I have high hopes isaac well i'll be cautiously optimistic yeah all right that was news item number one what is big news item number two big news item number two is a new gundam hathaway trailer brian it just dropped it's coming you see content is coming are you ready <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Can't believe it. Brian, you saw the trailer. I saw the trailer. Please tell us what happens in the trailer. A lot of people talk about stuff and mobile suits fire each other, which is about <laughs> everything I want from a, a Gundam trailer. So I would say that up to this point, and I don't know if you agree with this, but it seemed like up to this point, all the trailers that they had released had been very coy about the mobile suit action. Mm-hmm. They hadn't usually shown whole lot of the penelope or a whole lot of the sea gundam but here they kind of take center stage uh-huh and we really got to see them kind of go at it a little bit yeah and <laughs> the penelope looks better than i thought it would okay because as we recall this series was very 80s right and the penelope if you've seen actual art of it from the time period it's got like big shoulders <laughs> like this weird kind of chest kind of thing but it looked pretty great in the, uh, the the short footage we got of it. Yeah, well, I don't know. I've always been a big fan of the C and the Penelope designs. I think they're so over the top, but they're so cool at the same time. But that's why I, and I feel like a lot of other Gundam fans, I've always felt that this show would never be made because those designs are so far removed from like Gundams that we've seen before. Like they make the Unicorn Gundam look not very complicated. You know, and I feel like the gun, the unicorn had, you know, all the extra cycle frame bits and the transforms and all this stuff. Right. And these guys are just like flat, full on, like late 80s, early 90s, just big mech with complicated parts everywhere. And I, and I love it. And I'm super excited that they're, they're going to be in, in animation finally. And we're, now we're going to get some like great models of it, too. Yeah. I mean, they might fall over because of the. <laughs> the di- <laughs> the dimensions of penelope but um yes they will be available and hopefully a stand as well <laughs> but as far as your question about what happens in the trailer so we we do get the sense that you know mafty or uh, hathaway noah as we know him uh is sort of disrupting the federation government's plans or just whatever their agenda is we, we've talked about this on previous podcasts but in this story hathaway is a bit upset at all the corruption Federation basically forms the Manhunter attachment or the Manhunter group. Yeah, and they're they're hunting down people who was it they shouldn't be on Earth, Isaac or something like that. Something like I think they're 
yeah, people that shouldn't be on Earth, I don't know what that means. Like maybe a lot of people in the colonies are managing to get back to Earth at this point in the UC timeline or something like that. But yes, it's it's very, you know, deportation focused or removing refugees or maybe even whoever the Federation considers undesirables. I I would imagine people <laughs> people that were Titans would be very drawn to be joining the uh, Manhunter attachment. Yeah, it should be a pipeline, you know, if you were ex-Titan, you just, yeah. just <laughs> like, it rolls over your pension, you know, and, <laughs> like, into the Manhunter pension plan. Exactly. They're lateral transfers. <laughs> yeah, they don't even need to do a whole lot of paperwork. Yeah. It's just the same uniform. You just take a patch off and you put the new one on. It's actually Federation uniforms, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's Federation-based. Mm-hmm. Again, this is the first movie in a in a trilogy. It's in theaters nationwide in Japan on May 7th, so in about two, three months what are we in now? March? Two months? It's March. A month? Yeah. Month and a half? A little over a month. Mm-hmm. I don't know what day it is. But they've probably had this done for a while, Isaac, but they've been, you know, delaying its release due to due to COVID. And they did say, you know, please wait for our for further announcements regarding releases outside of Japan. So hopefully, Isaac, once the pandemic is over, maybe we'll get vaccinated and uh, we can go see this in a in an actual theater here in the United States. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean at least in our state, sunny California, things are somewhat returning to normal. We've taken like one baby step to normal. So going back to the movie theaters and seeing this in May, when hopefully a lot more people are vaccinated, would be that'd be a great way to celebrate it. What were your thoughts on the trailer, Isaac? It very much sort of set the tone, I think. This looks like a very uh, serious type story. Uh, I was really surprised to see Quest. Let me start with that. <laughs> we see a flashback <laughs> of uh, Hathaway's vision. He's remembering when he and Quest were like, you know, running in uh, like a field on a colony and um, back in Char's counterattack. And mm-hmm. there's narration by by Hathaway, and we s- we see him being roughed up. So we know the Federation is going to be the bad guys in this story. Uh, yeah, they, they can either break his nose or something, right? Yeah, it was pretty rough. They like shove him into the yeah, they shove him into the table. That's that's how you get answers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I agree that the tone is gra- is really serious. If if Gundam Build Real is like a fourth grade book report, this is like a a, a college thesis. This is the catcher in the rye of Gundam, or something. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the 1984. Um, anyways. <laughs> we didn't see that much combat, so I'm wondering if this is going to be much more of a, a drama-type side story in a way. Yeah, a little mini-series. Mini so maybe it'll be much more human-focused, and the actual Gundam combat will be sporadic, but visually very beautifully animated. Because the, anima- the animation in this is really crisp. It's like, you know, unicorn level. So I'm, I'm really excited for it. I agree. I got the sense that maybe there won't be too much combat, at least between the Gundams in the first uh, film. I assume they might save some more of that for the second and third films. They do show that one, uh, again, I I have not read the novel, um, but that one Zeonic-looking suit, they show that a lot, the purple one. Yeah. So I'm thinking we might see that a lot in the first first film. Vaguely like a Yagdoga in a way. Well, I don't know. Yagdoga slash Comfer thing. (laughs) It's got a mono eye. That's all you need to know. (laughs) I know who I'm rooting for. <laughs> the purple one. Yeah. The shots of the Cassie and the Penelope that we did see, there was some major beam saber action. Looks gorgeous. I did see some people were like saying the CG didn't look good. I don't know. It, good. it looks okay to me, but... 
I thought it, we'll see what happens yeah. when it comes out. I thought it meshed very well. The Penelope is like the nightingale of the Federation. <laughs> it is pretty damn big. But probably the most surprising thing about the trailer, Isaac, was that Amaro's voice is at the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, does this mean Hathaway has maybe new type abilities or something? Or he was hearing the, the consciousness of Amaro? Is it a flashback? Or a dream, maybe? Because, I mean, Hathaway interacted with Amaro in Char's counterattack. So, I don't know. He did. Yeah, it's. I mean, there's a high possibility that it's just part of that flashback that he's seeing from Char's counterattack. Yeah. Um, but, you know, never know. Could maybe... Maybe we could see him, you know, through a, a new type uh, vision or, or something, uh, consciousness conversation later on in the film. That Char's counterattack flashback was pretty cool to see. It was very jarring to be like, oh, that's what that would look like in modern animation. Did you, did you have that reaction too? First, I was trying to piece together what I was looking at. And then I realized there's only one person who has that hair. And I realized, <laughs> oh my God, my enemy has returned. <laughs> it's Quest Pariah. <laughs> and then I was like, of course, this has to be a flashback or a dream or maybe he's even having a nightmare, depending on, you know, how he's dealt with, you know, her death at this point in his life. But yeah, I was surprised to see her back again. <laughs> Just when you think she's gone, Brian, they they just shove her down your throat again. <laughs> they just doubled down on their quest pariah. Yeah. And at the same time as this trailer dropped, I think maybe it was either the same day or maybe a few days later, they did announce that a Hathaway's Flash manga will also be produced by the same person whose name I'm going to butcher, but Uroaki Sabishi, who also did the manga for the Shars Counterattack Beltachika's Children adaptation, hmm. which is the one that's going to be licensed in America and coming out in a few years um, or was it 22 or maybe a year from now i don't know how about that corporate synergy isaac you, you release your your film adaptation and your manga adaptation at the same time but boom it's pretty awesome because you know what fans are going to get both at least a lot of fans are that's exactly what we want and for all we know there might be a few additional scenes in the manga or maybe the anime will elaborate on some things you didn't really see in the manga we don't know we have to wait but i mean if you're a gundam fan there's content coming out on both print and in media, visual media. Yeah, if nothing else, we get some cool manga covers. Any additional art of the Penelope and the Sea Gundam is always a good thing in my book. So uh, the, the new trailer is on YouTube. If you just search, you know, uh, Gundam Hathaway trailer, it's probably one of the more recent search results. All right, so the other things we're going to talk about on this uh, on this episode are a few cool things that are recent that I think everyone should know about because they're either fun or hilarious and i would call this one hilarious isaac <laughs> because you know what you can buy have you ever thought to yourself i really like char asnable and i wish i could dress <laughs> up as char but i just don't have his helmet so what if i told you that you could buy a life-size replica of char asnable's helmet would you buy it <sighs> as the listeners well know Shar Asnable is a traitor to the Principality of Zeon. <laughs> so therefore, owning his helmet would only be something I'd want to do. Also, his goggles, I should say, because you also get his goggles. Owning yep. his helmet and goggles would only be something I do after destroying him in combat. That'd be like my trophy <laughs> after my, my, my custom Dom destroys whatever suit he's in and, like, you know, avenges <laughs> the zombie family. 
<laughs> so you would buy the helmet to like put it in your house as a trophy and say I killed Shar Asimble and I I took his helmet. Maybe, but I'd like I'd go a little step further. I'd like maybe battle wear it, you know, like get some paint out, get an airbrush out, and make mm, it look like it's yep. make it look like it was through like a bit of an explosion. It's a little singed, maybe a few specks specks of blood on it. <laughs> Something like that. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, I got that. I got that at Bawaku. You know, I killed Char Aznable. You know, all these other Char, all these people saying they're Char, they're really not him. I killed the real one. <laughs> Took him down. Yeah. This is his helmet. Uh, yeah, so you can buy a life-size replica of his Stahlhelm helmet. Um, it's probably it's available for pre-order on all the major, you know, collectible sites. Um, I'm looking at the price on Big Bad Toy Store, which is a pretty big U.S. Uh, retailer. You can probably get it a little cheaper um, if you buy it from a Japanese retailer. You just have to deal with the shipping. Um, but it apparently is scheduled to come out in August of 2021. So about five months from now. Four or five months from now. Um, it's made by Mega House, who makes really good figures, in my opinion, or very detailed uh, figures. Their stuff is expensive, and this one is no exception. The dollar price I'm looking at is $365. That's pretty steep, Isaac. Yeah, and also this listing does not say that it's wearable. I thought that was interesting. It says it's the life-size mm-hmm. replica. I assume you could wear it, but, you know, they're not saying it's wearable per se outright. Right. Also, I have to wonder, like, you know, for budget-conscious friends, y- you might look around on, like, Etsy or something, and you might be able to find <laughs> a, um, shall we say, a more economical uh, price model for uh, your cosplay <laughs> needs you know just a thought this is you're essentially getting a console <laughs> right this is high end okay people this is like if you really wanted the really expensive you know captain america shield or the really expensive thor hammer or the batarang or something yeah, the master sword something <laughs> Yeah, then from like, you know, Master Chief's gun or something like that. This is the Gundam high-end equivalent, like, prop replica uh, as as those kind of things. So, Char's helmet, it's out there. I think everyone should at least go look at it because I think it's funny. And, uh, you know, I guess if you got a whole bunch of money burning a hole in your pocket, pick one up and send us a picture of you wearing it because Isaac wants to know if it's wearable. <laughs> the so, n- let us know. The number of models you could buy with that money is it's astounding. <laughs> Well, you could buy a lot, yeah. or you could buy one Master Grade Penelope because it's going to be enormous. Oh God! But it won't be three sixty four. <laughs> <laughs> it better not be. Maybe after shipping fees, because they're going to have to send yeah. that thing over here from Japan. When you combine the stand cost with the model cost, it's three sixty four. <laughs> so to give you a sense of scale, Isaac Shar's helmet is a- about a foot long. So it's wow. a big helmet, people. Well, the man did have a big head. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> Got him. Oh, he's an egoist. <laughs> <laughs> what if this is the start of like a helmet collection? Like what if they sell Char's helmet and then they come out with Rouse get up or Rouse okay. goggles and then Zex's helmet and goggles and then wow. full frontal's goggles. You know, you could have like the whole Char clone set. I mean. <laughs> 
It can be yours for three easy payments of $1,000. For $2,000, you're going to have every helmet in Gundam. Uh, I don't know. Like This is for like the niche helmet fan that's within the Gundam fanverse. So uh, I don't think it's wise. And I hope this isn't the start of like helmet baganza or something like that. <laughs> what, but what if they sold, for example, Gato's flight helmet? I think flight helmets are different. Like I think every fan would be down for like a flight helmet, whether it's Federation or Xeon. You know that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I think more people would want that than something that's exclusively Char. You know. Yeah. Well, this Char one has a lot of cosplay implications, right? I mean, if you're a hardcore Char cosplayer, you, you maybe you're pretty excited about this. But but yeah, I agree. I think the flight helmets would be cool. That, that'd be neat to have it on your shelf somewhere. I know. I'm gonna need one. <laughs> and they could sell them for all the different ace pilots. You know, Gato's could have his, his kill count on them or, or something, you know, different different logos, uh, like the Delaz Fleet logo, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. That could be neat. Definitely. That'd be pretty cool, actually. Maybe you can make your own or something. I don't know. But we're gonna need we're, we're gonna need ours, Brian, when we get our flight suits and helmets when we go to Japan and get into the battle pods for that, that Gundam battle game. Yep, you're right. Mm-hmm. Totally. You know where else you could make your own flight suit and, and flight helmet would be at our Gundam theme park. Oh, which of course. Clearly, why didn't we think of that before? I mean, but again, yeah. we're here, Sunrise. We'll draw you up some plans. This will be <laughs> the biggest moneymaker Sunrise has ever had. <laughs> Look, if Nintendo World does well, I'm just saying, Gundam World shouldn't be far behind. If you open in Japan, it'll make money. I can guarantee that. <laughs> <laughs> If you open in uh, America, it probably won't make money. Yeah, if you open in America, that. oh boy, you're gonna we're gonna need a lot of marketing <laughs> to to get feet in that door. <laughs> All right, what's uh, merchandise news number two, Isaac? Number two is really niche. This is for a very unique collector. Just released also at Big Bad Toy Store are Xeon Soldier figures. These are essentially action figures. Okay, they're a little tall, but they're the foot soldiers from the one-year war if you remember Xeon had some troops they've got those green uniforms they've got their little uh you know their little little fascist helmets and they were kind of the grunts that you occasionally saw with machine guns or whatever doing little foot patrols they weren't actually in mobile suits but they were more you know security or whatever little detail Xeon had guys with guns doing during the one-year war they're each about 50 bucks but there's different ones you can get. So it's not like, you know, you purchase just one type of Xeonic soldier. There's like a woman, there's a guy with goggles, there's a husky guy, there's like, you know, different faces they can have. There's like a guy that's smoking a cigar. If you're a fan of the Xeon infantry for whatever reason, this is kind of the, the, the kit for you, I guess. And they also got like cool gear, like weapons or machine guns and, you know, binoculars, stuff like that. Yeah, I see some shotguns. Maybe that's like a rocket launcher. Definitely some rifles in there. I, I just think it's amazing that there's so much Gundam merchandise, right? And I don't think we... Have we ever seen figures of just like the soldiers before? I just think this is really neat that they finally made some... Either someone finally realized that this has never been exploited before and they were like, this is an untapped market. Or they were like, well, we made every single mobile suit. We're out of ideas. What else can we do? It was one of those two. Yeah. They're kind of, they have like articulating points though. So I'm wondering if we're going to see Federation troops also, or I don't know. Is this for like the collector of just action figures? I figured, you know, more statuesque action figure collectors. 
they don't really care too much about the articulating points or maybe it takes away. They want something that's sort of in like a historical or interesting pose and that's about it for their display. But these actually have like a lot of articulating parts and stuff like that. So maybe this is for like the fan that plays with their toys. I don't know. Is it for younger fans or something like that maybe? I think action figure collectors, um, myself being one, they're good for posing. Right. If right. you if you if you buy something that's static, that that's kind of it. Right. You you get it, and you have one choice of of what it looks like. Um, so I think people like the articulation, so they can pose it. You know, make big dioramas and stuff. And if I'm looking at this right, it looks like these are. So it says each figure is approximately 10 centimeters in height. So this is more like GI Joe size, or I should say classic GI Joe size, or like the classic Star Wars figures. That's about how tall these are, which is pretty small for 50 bucks. But that's about the price you pay for a Japanese figure, which is much higher quality than what you would get for the same scale typically in America. But the price definitely reflects that. But you can see just from the pictures how high quality these are. I mean, the paint apps look great. Articulation looks uh, pretty excellent for the size. And yeah, there's a lot of accessories on these things. So I think they're pretty unique. Um, if you're a big, you know, if you're a big figure collector and you've always wanted some Xeon grunts, now's the time you know maybe they they may never release these things again to your question about the federation grunts yeah maybe it does say they're from a series called the gundam military generation series these three are the first in that series so if it's a series i assume they got more coming so maybe we'll see some federation some titans etc etc that'd be pretty cool actually yeah i mean at that point it's like the uniform parade right because we're just looking at goons in different uniforms <laughs> <laughs> yeah these are definitely what figure collectors would call army builders uh-huh. you know they come with different faces so that you can buy maybe three or four of them and give them all different different heads different faces so they it looks like you have a bunch of different grunts that aren't all exactly the same but you know th- similar things in other series would be like buying a whole bunch of hand ninjas or, or hydra soldiers or you know things like that if you're talking marvel or uh, or like foot soldiers if you're talking ninja turtles or something like that right where you want a whole bunch of them um, but if you can make them each look a little different then it it looks better as a group so right uh but this this would be a very expensive army to build isaac yeah not to discount any gundam merch but this isn't for me it's not my cup of tea if you're a big fan of you know foot soldier uh action figures in gundam Go for it. Get them. You're going to have a blast because these look pretty damn cool. It's just not something that um, I'll actually be uh, purchasing myself. All right. And our final new piece of merch that I wanted to mention is a premium Bandai uh, Master Grade kit, Isaac. We've talked about premium Bandai a few times before, particularly in our Gunpla episode. Most often just see it abbreviated as P Bandai, like P Bandai. And what that means is just they always release exclusive or very limited kits only through premium bandai or p bandai and sometimes it's like a variation of a normal kit they've released so for example the master grade gelgoog right is that's that's a normal kit that you can buy at most model stores but for example they released uh, a newer version of gato's gelgoog in, in gato colors with a special rifle through premium bandai they didn't release that to the normal stores. So if you want that particular version of the Gelgoog, you had to get it through Premium Bandai, and like the, it's not always available. So you know they make one run of it, and if you get it, you get it at a decent price during that time. But if you wait a year or two years, the price just kind of skyrockets. So Premium Bandai did open like a U.S. 
translated store uh, maybe a year or two ago. I don't remember when exactly it started. But now they are offering things through the U.S. store, so it's easier for U.S. Um, customers to get a hold of this kind of stuff. The one they have on pre-order right now, Isaac, is damn cool. It is the Master Grade Gundam Mark V. It first showed up in the Gundam Sentinel series. It is basically the antagonist Gundam from Gundam Sentinel, uh, which is from, I think that was, I can't remember what years Gundam Sentinel came out. I think it was early 90s, maybe late 80s. Um, there are some great designs, though, in Gundam Sentinel. It was like a visual novel, I think, in like a model magazine. Uh, one day we'll we'll go through Gundam Sentinel and review it. Yeah. I've always wanted to read Gundam Sentinel. They have some Interesting some, side story, too. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't really touched the grips era too much, but one day we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Pre-orders for this are open right now, and they close May 4th. So you saw some time. It's pretty expensive. I think it's about 100 bucks. It's coming out in June. How would you describe this suit, Isaac? To me, it looks like an evil blue Gundam with these like cool rocket pods and uh, <laughs> just an evil-looking face. I'd say it looks like what was once a heroic Gundam turned evil. Um, it's got these really cool royal blue color scheme. And it's on that list of Gundams that are called Gundams, but their face is not Gundam-like. So it doesn't really have the usual kind of, you know, mouth and white face of a Gundam. This one's all blue. It's got some sinister squinty eyes. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, it looks cool. It looks fast. And I, I would not want to fight a mobile suit that looked like this if I was flying around in my dom. <laughs> <laughs> when I first saw this, I thought, that's a Gundam that Isaac would build. Is this something Probably. you would build, Isaac? Yeah, definitely. I like how it looks, and I want it in my collection. Yeah, this thing is evil looking. The The chin, to me, it has this very elongated chin. It looks to me like the bad guy <laughs> who strokes his chin, you know? And, like, maybe he stroked it too much, and he, like, elongated his chin because that's all he does. They gave it a pointy chin, listeners. <laughs> Overall, this is a pretty cool design. It does show up in a few other things. Like, the lore on it is pretty neat. There were only three of these units made. The one that's available for purchase right now on Premium Bandai is the one from Gundam Sentinel. It was piloted by the leader of the New Decides, which, is, is again, is like the antagonist organization in that show with this mm-hmm. this uh, very distinct blue and like kind of white-striped color scheme. There Another one was made, and it was assigned to Karaba. We've talked about Karaba a few times, but Karaba was like the, the Earth version of the Ayug during the Grips. Yeah. Um, conflict grips era Mm -hmm. and it was intended to be used by amuro but apparently there is no record of him ever using it but that one has like a different head to isaac's point that looks maybe a little more heroic and it'll obviously have a different color scheme and i think we've seen that color scheme in maybe some games and it kind of looks like what you'd expect it's like white with some uh purplish kind of stripes instead of you know being dominantly blue and with white stripes it's dominantly white with the with the purple-ish stripes so I'm thinking, Isaac, that you know, a few months will go by and they'll release another premium Bandai order for this, but it'll be the, the Amro version to sell some more units because you know, they make these molds. They definitely want to use it more than once. This is a unique, a unique mold here. They, I don't think they made this to sell it once. I mean, why not, right? It, I, the Amro one would outsell this one in a heartbeat just by the fact that it's Amro, of course. Yeah, so yeah. do it. I mean, people would buy both. Yeah, probably. I mean, look, if you if you love like the the S Gundam, the XS Gundam, the, those have had master grades for years and you've never had a Gundam Mark 5 to to put next to it to fight. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's the uh climactic battle in Gundam Sentinel is the XS versus the Gundam Mark 5. And here it is. It's 
it's probably 10 years later from your master grade xs but i know there's a lot of fans out there for gundam sentinel oh yeah yeah and now is your chance to order this thing because once it goes off premium bandai it's probably going to be pretty expensive so if you have the hundred bucks yeah. and you really love Gundam Sentinel, now right now, like literally right now for the next <laughs> month or so, is your like, chance to get this thing. Pause the podcast and go to the Bandai website. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying because if you don't get buy it now, it's card. Gonna, yeah, it's gonna be a, a, you know it's gonna be at collectible shows for two hundred bucks, you know, guaranteed. Yeah, you don't want, you don't want to be one of those people that like has to find this on eBay and they're like charging you like triple the price. <laughs> You don't want to fight the scalpers. <laughs> yeah, 100 bucks is already a lot for Master Grade, I would say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you can pay retail price for this, I'm all for it. So um, there was a third unit as well, Isaac. It went to Axis Zeon, where it was used to develop the Dovin Wolf from uh, Double Zeta. Now, that's obviously oh. a retcon because the Dovin Wolf was obviously in Double Zeta, and Double Zeta was made before Gundam Sentinel was made. Um, but I think it's a pretty cool, like, way to work it into the lore because if you look at the gun mark 5 and you look at the gun and the at the dovin wolf you can clearly see that they are related particularly in the legs and kind of the arms um the dovin yeah. wolf has a pretty cool color scheme i like that one for all the good it did uh Zeon. <laughs> <laughs> the dovin wolf then went on to be developed into the silver bullet showed up in i think the last episode of gundam unicorn it was like a gundam looking thing that got its ass completely handed to it in a few seconds by the can't remember if it was either the neo Zeong or the banshee that took it out but it was on screen for like you know a minute <laughs> it's kind of neat but overall thoughts on the mark 5 isaac i think it's a cool thing i think it's rare that we get such a kick-ass design kind of out of nowhere i would have thought they would have released this a long time ago when they released the master grade xs i don't really get why it's coming out now but I'll take it. You know what? We don't get a lot of new things from Gundam Sentinel. We don't get a lot of villainous Gundams. And we don't get a lot of awesome-looking new Gundams that aren't part of an animated series. So this checks a lot of boxes. Please take a look at it. If you like how it looks, make this a Gundam you add to your collection. And I'm not saying that because we get some kind of kickback from Bandai or anything like that. It just looks pretty cool, and there's not going to be a lot of them. So, you know... Why not strike while the iron's hot? Yeah, and if people buy a lot of this, you know, maybe we would get more from Gundam Sentinel or more from that sort of era, which is, you know, I don't want to say it's ignored, but there's definitely less merchandise from that era than there is from, say, the One Year War or, um, you know, this next coming year or two or three, we're going to be inundated with Hathaway's Flash merchandise, which I am all for, by the way. But I don't know, maybe if these things fly off the shelves, they'll be like, oh, maybe we should adapt Gundam Sentinel. Why not? Yeah, make it its own series, and then this will be the start of like the the side story saga, or the side story era. Brian, they'll just make side story series, and then pump out the mobile suits from them, and it'll be great. Yeah, I like it. I mean, Gundam Sentinel is another one of those things, Isaac, that could work great as a three episode OVA or very you know very limited episode OVA. You don't need a a fifty episode series, right? It's bite size. You know, they clearly show that they're spending budget on things like a seed redub. Why not just put that <laughs> money towards like a small series? You get the money from the mobile suits. You get the money from people watching the show. Everybody wins. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, everybody. So that was our, our news update. Those are some cool things happening right now. We thought it was pretty timely. So go check them out. Go check out the 15 second trailer for Gundam Build Real. The, the full, the new English trailer for Gundam Hathaway, as well as some of these uh, 
merge things that are pretty neat, particularly the Gundam Mark V. Yeah, and don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and hail Xeon.